0: Flames are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled. Buildings and just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin.
1: I I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if
0: this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now! I am one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestormfan.com, and along with me, as always, is the Irreplaceable Rob from the Aquaman Shrine. Howdy, Shag. Howdy, howdy. How you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Uh, how was uh, uh, well? I don't jump ahead, but say, how was your vacation, which you were just getting back from?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah! I've been on the road for 11 days. I am whipped. Um, <laughs> it's
1: like a Who tour.
0: Right. <laughs> some of the first couple days were work, but the rest of it, I've been on vacation. I was in the Florida Keys, uh, spent some time out in the water, like, you know, out in a boat, like several miles offshore doing some fishing. But like looking around, kind of like, think, you know, you stare at the depths of the water. We're like, you know, over 80 feet deep of water. And it's like, I'm sitting here thinking about Aquaman swimming down there and all that stuff. And it's just like, man.
1: You have a newfound respect for him?
0: I'd be scared as hell to be down there, man. Yes, I've seen some of the monstrous <laughs> things that came out of that water. I'm like, oh my god! You seen that footage
1: that was going around of those people that were fishing like off a dock, and this giant shark just came out of the water and grabbed the fish they were they were uh, hanging onto, and then just disappeared no. back under the water. Oh my god, it's terrifying.
0: Oh my gosh, I had a giant tarpon um, jump up and try and eat me yesterday. <laughs> um, admittedly, he just wanted the fish out of my hand, but <laughs> scared the crap out of me. <laughs> But it was a great vacation. Absolutely had a great time. Um, I had an opportunity to hang out with a fellow podcaster, uh, a gentleman by the name of Scott Gardner from Two True Freaks. He's uh, he's a good buddy of mine who lives down in Orlando. And I had a few hours late at night after the kids went to bed. uh, And my wife was with the kids. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out and see Scott. And we ended up going to Disney. And we spent, like, the last couple hours as they shut down the park, hanging around, doing rides, running around, doing some podcasting and stuff. It was fun.
1: You he-men. It was fun. <laughs> it just sounded funny. Because, you know, we were just me and another guy. We had no wives. So we went to
0: Disneyland. <sighs> <laughs> we went to Disneyland. Why you got to be like that? Why you got to take something pure <laughs> and innocent like Disney and just drag it through the mud? <laughs> I tell you, you're a bad, bad human being. <laughs>
1: And yet, I'm irreplaceable.
0: Yeah, I was. Just, I ran out of IR words. I got. I got to Google some more before next time we record. Well, um, today, folks, is going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, traditionally, we cover either the new issues or some old issues or a particular, you know, moment in time of Firestorm or Aquaman. And uh, today, we're going to try something a little bit different. We've gotten a lot of responses lately that you guys. It's shocking as it may seem. You read more comics than just Firestorm and Aquaman. I, I don't get it. I don't know why you waste your time reading anything else, but you do, and you apparently have other interests as well. Um, and so we thought, you know what? Let's take an issue uh, where you do kind comic- of an episode, episode, whatever. You do like you do in the comic shop, where you just shoot the bull. You talk about geek stuff, whether it be comics or movies or whatever. And so that's kind of what we're going to do. It's going to be, uh, you know, like comic talk, you know, it's, it's like butter, comic talk.
1: <laughs> yes, I will not be mentioning Barbara Streisand at all, but uh, yes, it is going to be a, just a bunch of random topics that we wanted to cover, because there's always little things that Shag and I want to throw in, and then that stuff ends up either getting cut, because we don't want the show to go too long, we want to get on to the main thing, or, you know, it ends up making the shows really long, because we, we keep talking about this other thing and then this other thing, so we decided to just compile a bunch of these things all in one show.
0: Yeah, and they're all vastly related to DC Comics. I mean, it's not like we're straying too far from the, from the target. So. But uh, the first piece of news is specific to Firestorm that we really you know, need to talk about. And I assume if, if you haven't heard this, then you're clearly living under a rock or something. But Dan Jurgens is taking over the fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Men, as of issue 13 in October. And uh, this is this came out of the blue. Nobody saw this coming as far as I know. And um, it stunned everyone, and it took a while. Really, I was actually kind of in shock, you know. it, it took me a while to sort of absorb the information because, you know, for the last twelve, well, really, uh, what I guess, I guess a year now since the series was announced, we've been beating the drum of you know the current creative team as they sort of evolved, and with Yilda Ray and everyone, it was just um, at first it was sort of saddening that they were going, you know, that uh, Joe Harris and Yilda Ray were going to be moving on, but. It's it's sort of a it's a it's a I don't know what you want to say it's a, it's a bittersweet thing you know it's like here's a couple of my favorite creators Joe Harris Neil and Yelda Senar, and now uh, Marlo Alquiza who are going to be leaving the book and I'm really bummed to see them go but at the same time you know as I say goodbye to some of my favorite creators another one of my favorite creators is coming on the book Dan Jurgens he's fantastic I absolutely love him you know I he I. I was about to say he and I go way back, as if you know we're on a first name basis. I, I've really I've been reading his books since he was back on the Adventures of Superman, and you know Art Thibert I think it's Art how tibbert however you say the guy's name was inking him, and I, I enjoy I loved that. I loved his you know even earlier than that was Booster Gold. I wasn't uh, as aware of Dan Jurgens as a writer or artist at that point, but I you know enjoyed Booster Gold. Um, I had, dug his what
1: he had a uh, brief but very good run on Aquaman.
0: Yes, he did. I mean, that's one of the neat things, and um, I'd love to talk to him about it, Is that he was sort of took it in the direction of King Arthur. Yeah. You know, there was a lot yeah. of hints of King Arthur, which makes, you know, once you step back from it, you're like, ah, oh, I should have had a V8 kind of moment. Like, duh, it's right there on the page, Arthur, King. Um, he had a great run in Aquaman, absolutely, and you know, Justice League International, I've been beating that drum since it started. You've heard me talk about how much I enjoy Justice League International, yeah. and, uh, you know, honestly, the list goes on and on and on of the stuff so I like it. so... I'm sad to see the other guys go, but I'm excited that someone as great as Dan Jurgens is coming on the book. That starts with issue 13, so you definitely want to pick up issue zero, which wraps up Joe Harris and uh Sonar's run. And as from at least from what it looks like, you know, it's also tying in all the stuff that Gail Simone and Ethan Skyver sort of laid the, the groundwork from early on. So zero is a really great wrapping up, it gives us a launching point. For the number 13, and as I, as Dan Jurgen said out at San Diego Comic-Con, Firestorm will be one hero. And it is about Ronnie and Jason learning to both be Firestorm while sharing this body. So it's very much, it, it looks on the surface very much like the brightest day, Firestorm we had.
1: That's good. I mean, I ultimately thought it was a good thing because it, 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 it certainly seemed like Firestorm was sales-wise circling the drain. And I think if they're willing to put on a whole new creator on it, that seems clearly that they're not ready to give up on it yet, which is ultimately a good thing.
0: Yeah. And and, and there's no denying that Brightest Day was, you know, what is it, 2010 and 11, I guess is when that came out. But, you know, the top-selling book DC had that year for the most part. And Firestorm, as he existed there, was Jason and Ronnie sharing the body. Right. So... Going back to a formula that existed when Firestorm was selling a lot of comics, I mean, never mind that Aquaman appeared in a few of those issues, You know, whatever. Um, sure. Right. <laughs> and Hawkman and Marsh or whatever. Uh, and Green Lantern and White Lanterns and Sinestro. But that, none of that matters. It was all about Firestorm. So, but going back to that formula, you know, that makes a lot of sense. That's That's probably their best opportunity to bring back in former readers. So... I uh, I'm excited. I again it's it's sad and exciting at the same time. And uh we're gonna be hearing a lot more about Dan Jurgens in the coming months. You know, I've I've been doing a little research and uh digging up I, I do know that he's a fan of Firestorm and has been for a very long time. So this isn't just them just going, Hey Dan, do this. I mean he's he's genuinely passionate about the character. So um just watch for more information as we as it, it comes forward, folks.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my uh, limited experience with Dan Jurgens in terms of personal, uh, he's been a really nice guy because he interviewed – I did an interview with him for the Shrine. And yeah. I did an interview with him for my Treasury Comics website because he – Oh, really? Yeah, he wrote the uh, Superman Fantastic Four Treasury Edition. And <gasps> uh, I also – and he also contributed a quote for the Aquaman's 70th birthday.
0: Wait a published. minute. There was a Superman Fantastic Four Treasury? Yes. I've never heard of this, oh Lord Shag. Did,
1: You've did never they... heard of anything. Like no, didn't... wait,
0: no, wait, wait a minute. No, 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 sir. Don't, don't even go down that path. I have millions of DC and Marvel crossovers. Okay, yes. um, this one I just I wasn't aware. Did did they ever reprint it like the crossover classics? I think they did. Yeah, i I gotta go find that. Then.
1: It's uh, it's Superman and the Fantastic Four versus uh, Galactus and I think the Eradicator.
0: Like oh oh pre-crisis eradicator yes yeah or okay. whatever yeah whatever that guy would, you
1: know no no not pre-crisis it was uh, the the Superman some like alternative Superman I forget
0: but it's got well, a it was, there was a pre-crisis eradicator and post-crisis eradicator yeah, wasn't right.
1: there this is this is post-crisis because this is post John Byrne really yeah yeah this wow is, yes this was done in like this was done in in the like the early two thousands this book.
0: So, this was during the wave of, like, Silver Surfer, Green Lantern. Yes, uh, Batman. yes, yes, sure. yes, Dare yes. Okay. Part of that whole,
1: where they were just doing teams willy-nilly at that point.
0: But they did a Treasury Edition They version? did. That is so friggin' cool. I know. I know.
1: That's why I'm, that's why I talked to him about it. I was very excited about it. Tell me more. It came out in 1999. It was by Dan Jurgens, and again, Art, Art, I think Art T. Bear, I believe is how you say his name, but I don't Seriously. know. I think Art T. Bear. And it's got okay. a... A cover by Jurgens and Alex Ross.
0: Okay. And, oh wow.
1: Yes, and it's you know it's a it was a treasury sized treasury sized book. It was it was fun. I mean, yeah, I, I did an interview with him, and he was re, he was very happy to talk about it. And like I said, he also gave me a quote for the Aquaman's seventieth birthday. So Dan Dan's always been a great guy. Every time I've ever wanted to talk to him, he's always you know up for a chat, which is which is great.
0: I, I met him one time at. Uh... I think it was, it was either a Dragon Con or it was a Diamond Retailer Convention. I'm not sure which, but super nice guy. Just so nice.
1: I asked him, the last question I asked him at the Treasury interview was, okay, DC and Marvel have come to you to write and draw another cross-company team-up book. It would star Booster Gold and... Ah. <laughs> and his suggestion was probably Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, by the way, before you guys start writing in your nasty emails, because these people are so bad... Um, that there, there was no pre-crisis eradicator. I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about.
1: Yeah, that's that, that confuse me. I was like, there was a pre-crisis. I was like, I just went with it. I thought there, you know what you're talking about, but as we've seen, you apparently
0: I don't. thought there was someone that went by that name, but clearly I'm wrong. It hurts to say that to you. It really does. It was like a little bile just came up. But anyway, um, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna have to seek that out because um, those crossovers in the '90s were just a lot of them were a lot of uh, were a lot of fun. You know.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. In I fact,
0: in fact, there was okay. Now I'm going total nerd here, but this is total comic shop type talk. Um, there was an acknowledgement of uh, of a Marvel character, I think it was, in a DC book or something like that after the crossover. Like the bat, the new Batman, which was Azrael, actually was talking about like the foes he'd fought, uh-huh. and he mentioned Jigsaw, and it was like. Wait a minute! He mentioned a Marvel character. It was like you know, it was like, oh no! It's it's beyond just the crossovers. This is canon. It was kind of like we all all the nerds were screaming. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm flipping through a comic. I should probably pay attention. to what Yeah, we're that doing.
1: really brought the show to a screeching halt. So sorry. Yes. I, is there, is there, Shag, am I not entertaining enough here for the hour? No.
0: The one well, hour
1: every two weeks that we talk.
0: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the agenda and jump ahead a step real quick. Um, <laughs> I'm great. flipping it's going through. So,
1: it's been going so it's, smoothly to this point.
0: Oh, shut up. I am flipping through this incredibly cool thing I got in the mail. And I, I – just sorry. I got totally distracted by it. Uh, when I got home from my vacation, I had this wonderful envelope on my on my front porch from Russell Burbage, little Russell Burbage, 10 years <laughs> old, whose handwriting is very impressive for a 10-year-old. It's great. Uh,
1: hell, he must get to the post
0: office on his bike. I tell you, he does. Uh, he sent me this great envelope. It's have you Have you ever gotten – yeah, you've gotten stuff from Russell. I've gotten he's, many uh, an
1: envelope from Russell.
0: His, his return address label, at least the one he used for me, is frigate Aquaman. It's so cool. And, uh, it's got a Spider-Man sticker on it, and on the back he's actually done little sketches of Firestorm and Aquaman. <laughs> and It says, fire and water meet up again in the great state of Michigan. Not that he's in Michigan, but he happened to be in Michigan and picked up some stuff. And one of the things he sent me is this DC sampler from, I want to say it was 82. Let me see. Uh, I think they, they did them in like eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, yep. something like that. This is eighty three. So uh, as I was listening to you, I was flipping through it, and then I just got sucked in. <laughs> Sorry, because there's this awesome, gorgeous two page spread of Amethyst by you know Ernie Cologne. There's a two page spread by, of about the New Titans by Perez, and this is original artwork done for these previews. You know, there's uh, a two page spread here by some guy named Joe Kubert. It says Joe Kubert. Comma, Rob Kelly's former instructor. Uh, <laughs> yes,
1: I believe that's how he's credited from now on. About
0: Sergeant Rock and GI combat. And I mean, this is so cool. Right, thank you so much, Russell. I am absolutely in love with this thing. And uh, there's... I'm getting, I'm getting to Firestorm. Apparently they put him all the way at the back. But... Um, <laughs> wow! That is the coolest two-page spread by Broderick. Uh, Firehawk, Tokamak... In Firestorm, and oh wow, it's actually got—I guess I guess that's Jerry Conway, but it's actually got Broderick in the drawing. He's actually at his tape drawing table. Oh, that's
1: right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I guess the other one's supposed to be Jerry. Um, If just okay, first from the last page. What is that? What are they trying to say? What does that mean? Uh, But. This is so cool! So, thank you so much, Russell. That was incredibly kind and generous of you to to send that my way. And there's also—I got to mention this one other thing. Um, He sent this other item. It is a real estate book. You know, like when you're outside your grocery store and they've got those little spots where you have all the uh, the, like you know rental houses and houses for sale. Little books—they're like smaller than a comic book, but they're like you know know, a million pages, and they got all these houses that are for rent or whatever. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I thought you
1: were—I thought you were speaking rhetorically.
0: Well, I was saying, just looking for. a, Yeah, I know what you're talking. About. Anyway, he picked one up in this place. Uh, it's the area is called East Jordan. And yes, it's worth an Atwood. So you got one of these. There. Yes, <laughs> visitors' guide and business directory, and it's their their slogan is "Time for Action." And uh, from the Chamber of Commerce, and they used clippings, I'm sure legally, uh, yeah,
1: I don't see copyright anywhere in this thing, <laughs> yeah sure
0: of all these mar of all these d c guys, like the cover actually has Wonder Woman and Superman, they look like probably Jim Lee versions of uh pre flashpoint Wonder Woman and Superman, and as you're going through it, you know Aquaman is on page sixteen by Neil Adams, is that Neil okay, That's yeah Neil Adams, yeah. And it's a, it's talking about like a, um, a natural attraction, you know. So uh, that so that's where you get Aquaman. And then over here on page nineteen is Firestorm, where they're talking about the library. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's so wild. I mean, they don't actually say anything about Firestorm. More. No,
1: it's just clip art. It's just clip right. art
0: they're using to decorate the pages. This Firestorm is definitely some sort of stock art. I I guess it's possible it's Al Milgram, but I don't think so. This looks no, more, I don't. I don't think yeah, this looks more like mid-80s stock art they
1: pick some weird stuff there's Captain America is in there and it looks like it was like the Captain America from like Heroes Reborn <laughs> like, oh it, looks oh, it like... does look a
0: lot like Fields. well it looks like Jim Lee drawing Fields. <laughs> Captain America is what that is
1: yeah and there's like Yellow Jacket is in there and Hawk Woman like it's really odd you know like I mean they have some of the major ones but they also have some like the vision is on a page like what Michiganer is going to recognize the vision like what does that even mean
0: now, ironically, I was born in Michigan and lived there for several years, but uh, I don't know Ellsworth and Atwood. If it was Traverse City, I'd be all over it, but anyway. Um, there's Batman from Batman Brave and the Bold, and there's a Steve Lytle Flash. I mean, there's some cool stuff. It's great images. And
1: also Buzz Lightyear and Woody from Toy Story.
0: Oh, my God! For some reason. Vision, he's actually saying, City of East Jordan. <laughs> And then underneath it says, by the way, this superhero's name is Vision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See? They had to explain it. I don't know why you would use them if you like, I had to explain it. I like that... said, I feel like we're getting them in trouble. I feel like once I talk about this on the Shrine, which I'm going to talk talk about it, like, I'm this I'm totally week,
0: talking about this. I feel I'm... like
1: we're really going to get these people in trouble from DC, Marvel, and Disney.
0: Well, you know, they probably should, though. I mean, come on. I mean, I realize it's just for fun and everything, but wow, the chick's ziplining upside down. Oh, my God.
1: Although, you know, I think the book is free. So if it's free, I think there might be, like, some fair use thing or something like that. I don't know.
0: And it's for advertising purposes, though.
1: That's true, yeah. It's what well, Wonder Man
0: of the Red Jacket. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. So, all oh, right. Weird little I'm, item. I'm way off the reservation. Yeah, here. do we want anyway. to just go
1: through all your stuff on your bookshelf and we can listen to you <laughs> read your books?
0: Thank you so much, Russell. That was really awesome. Uh, that really made my day. And this is actually the first chance I've had to open the package. Actually, because I just got home from my trip. What do I do? I get home from a, a two-day car drive from the Keys. Which, by the way, here's here's a little fact for you. In Florida, the distance from Pensacola to Key West is the same as Pensacola to Chicago. <laughs> that is insane. Now, I don't live in Pensacola, but I don't live too far from it. So it's practically that's, you know, I almost drove cross-country, essentially. So I come in the house. What do I do? I, I throw down my suitcase and get on a podcast with Rob. That's how dedicated yeah. I am.
1: <laughs> Ignoring the family entirely.
0: Oh, they're still in the car.
1: Oh. Anyways. Roll the window down for the love of God.
0: <laughs> well, I was driving a car, which, by the way, the air conditioning broke in oh. today, uh, or technically yesterday, in 94-degree weather. Uh, what were you doing this morning?
1: Me? Yeah. We were having a... Well, after our uh, our, our nice walk with our dog this morning, um, I took uh, my nephew to go see The Dark Knight Rises. All right. Um, now, before we even say anything else about it, I am not going to spoil anything. There's no, Nothing is going to be revealed because I'm going to assume that... Uh, well, I know, Shag, you haven't seen it yet. And nope. We'll that most people will probably... But listen to this, maybe most people have seen it, but not everybody. So I, I, don't worry. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um... What I will say is I think it's a really good movie. I think it is a fitting finale to this series. um, I think it is you know of a piece with Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. I don't know if it's as maybe as good as those two films, but it's in their league um and which is which is a treat because you know how many trilogies are there where all three chapters are good? not many, yeah, you know usually you know you like the first film you like the second film and then the third film is a disaster or you know some iteration of of that not so in this case all to me all three films are are you know really quite extraordinary and when they're all like out on dvd at the same time that'll be interesting to watch them all as one giant piece and and this third film really does conclude the story mm-hmm. um nolan was was pretty serious about ending this story this 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 batman story is concluded um okay. And um, it has an ending that I absolutely loved. I, it, it, I mean, I like to think I'm a pretty savvy, you know, viewer, and like I like I knew when he cast certain people. I'm like, oh, I think I think I know what that's going to be. I know what that's going to be because why else would you do this, you know? And other than that, I try to stay away from any spoilers because I really didn't want to know. I just wanted to go in fresh. But at the same time, I, you know, I just was able to sort of ferret out of my brain, well, I bet, you know, so and so is doing so and so. So there, some some of the stuff in the movie happened the way I thought it would, but then there was some stuff that he managed to throw in that I did not expect, that I really loved. And uh, it, it, it said I said, I thought it was a very, very satisfying movie. Um, I'm, I'm impressed at the sheer scope of it. I mean, it is a huge movie, and I don't mean just in terms of the, the characters. I mean, in terms of the themes he's tackling. I mean, he, he's a, he is using Batman to tackle these huge huge themes of of the rich versus poor the you know the has versus have nots society safety I mean just these titanic titanic issues and using it uh, using Batman to, to go after them is, is pretty pretty darn ambitious um, so and, and he, you know he for the most part pulls it off
0: well let me ask you a question now you obviously you said you enjoyed it, and did you go in thinking you were going to like it, or did you go in kind of meh, or did you... What well, no, were, were I assumed you... I was going to
1: like it. I mean, I loved okay. the first two, so I thought, I thought for me not to like this movie, he would really have to fumble the ball. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's always that chance, because I liked the first two Spider-Man movies, you know, and then... Um, so, <laughs> you know, so it can happen. Um, I loved the first two Alien movies, and then you get to the third one, and the fourth one, and ugh. So you know it, it, it I liked uh the first three other Batman movies, and then we get to Batman four uh, you know so it, right. it 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 can certainly happen but no i i i left the theater just feeling like I saw a complete story that that he managed to pull off from beginning middle, and he gave us a beginning, a middle, and an end and um you know i i at the same time like I'm looking forward to rebooting the Batman series and just giving somebody another take, another yeah. shot at it um so but but, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, my nephew uh, really uh, it's, it's Tracy's nephew, he really enjoyed it. Um, the one thing that, that that was like the only downside to seeing the movie, and this has nothing to do with the movie, was you know we went there, and you almost could feel people in the theater being on edge a little bit because of obviously what happened in Colorado. And, you know, we were seeing this movie, you know, a day after that happened. And, you know, it was just – you could just almost just feel it. People were just just a little like, this is weird. And um, so we're sitting in the theater, and it was pretty pretty crowded. Not wall to wall, but pretty crowded. So, like, 20 minutes into the movie, a guy gets up out of his chair and walks out the fire exit. And then two minutes later, walks back in via the fire exit.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: And – the guy, I, I saw him, and I followed him as I watched him. Now he wasn't doing anything, anything suspicious.
0: He, He's probably smoking a cigarette. Probably,
1: to be but when he walked back in, I I, I, I gotta tell you, I, it was only my in, inherent cowardliness that I did not get up and just punch him. Yeah. And because I wanted to be like, dude, you really had to do that right now, knowing that that was exactly what happened in in Colorado. You had to leave out the fire; you couldn't go out the. The, the the regular exit you know mm. where, you know what I mean like if, if you've gonna no, yeah, you yeah. if you have to go use the bathroom or go get food, that's you know, that's normal. You see people do that all the time. But how many times do you go to a movie theater where somebody walks out the fire exit and comes back? Right. You know, and I just was like like I just felt that was so insensitive to be so you know, unaware of what's going on. It's like just don't do that. You know? This is an extraordinary circumstance. Don't Set people on, and you could tell other people. I I saw other people around me. They were looking at him too, so just oh, everybody yeah. had that just like that, you know, <laughs> feeling. Of, and then you're like, oh, okay, and you know. But it took you out of the movie for a minute because you're just like,
0: Ugh. well, I mean, sort of similar. Look, like, right after nine eleven, anytime anyone got up and got into their carry on bag, you, like they, like after the flight would take off, if they got up shortly afterwards and got into their you know stood up, got into the overhead compartment, went to their carry on bag, everyone like braced. Mm. And it's it's you know it's 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 a victim, you know, uh, I don't know the terminology, but yeah, you just you're, you're you're responding to what the the horrible tragedy that's occurred. So yeah, and the, yeah, that was really uncool that to do that.
1: Yeah, and it like I said, for like a full like two minutes, it just took me out of the movie because I was Oof. so like, and then I settled back down. I was like, oh, okay, everything fine. I said, and and. and you know, the movie itself is, is, like I said, very, very good. And the ending is tremendous. When you, when everyone sees it, we'll be able to maybe talk about it again. Because I really think that he pulled off something in the end that I didn't think... He managed to throw me a curve in the movie that I didn't think was possible. I just didn't think... I thought I was so jaded. I've seen so many comic book movies that I didn't think I was going to be able to be surprised. And yet I was.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not, like crazy passionate about it and I something happened and I, I really can't put my finger on it but I, I loved the first two movies absolutely loved them but somewhere in the wait for this next one I've just cooled off huh. and I, I have no other than the movies are very dark and depressing um, I, I have nothing to put my finger on that says why I just cooled on it right. um, so I'm going to see it um, you know being traveling the last two days I've, I've the only things I've heard about the tragedy really are like I'll be in Subway getting a sandwich and I'll see it scrolling on the news or something that someone tweeted to me or whatever. So I don't know a tremendous lot about the tragedy. But I've – my wife and I had a – and I'm, I'm digressing from the movie now. I hope that's okay. Um, my wife and I had an interesting conversation about the downstream impact of what this crazy – we have to keep it clean, sorry. This crazy person did in Colorado of – you know, what do we think the downstream impact will be on certain industries? You know, is anyone going to go to midnight movies anymore? Mm. Uh, Cause I used to work, I don't know if I told you, I used to work in the movie theater industry. I, I managed movie theaters and there was always a fear of something crazy like this happening. You know, just, it was so outlandish. No one ever thought it really would, but you worry about that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, we, you know, what's it going to do to the movie theater industry? What's it going to do to midnight movies? You know, then, then I started going down a path to thinking, okay, what are the activists going to do that are going to do the knee-jerk reactions? You know, uh, are we suddenly going to get metal detectors in movie theaters, which is ridiculous because hey, what, what, what's the number of incidents that happen have, have happened in movie theaters? I mean, this thing – again, I'm not trying to downplay this horrible tragedy that's occurred, but this kind of thing doesn't happen every day. It's not like kids bringing weapons to school, which does happen every day. Um. Then I started thinking about, okay, if there's people out there that are looking for a way to respond to this, because obviously there's nothing you can do to that guy, but you feel, all of us feel an urge to do something. So I, I could imagine there's some groups that are going to say, you know what, this happened because of the violent nature of the films and the Batman universe and... I don't know, they might target the Batman video games. Because, like, Arkham City, I guess is what they're... Those, the, that Arkham video games that just came out recently? I think so. It yeah, would be a place that someone could absolutely target. And you go, you know what, this is a problem. This is affecting our children. There shouldn't this, These kind of video games shouldn't occur. So you're just trying to think from a corporate level what kind of downstream impact is going to happen to DC Comics, Is going to happen to their video game partners, their films, and it's all because of this unfortunate, crazy dude... Who? Sorry, I'll say it. Hopes get. I hope he gets murdered in prison. Um, And it's just, uh, it's just so frustrating.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the the one thing about that that like you know, Comic Cons have dealt with over the you know for thirty years now is people in cosplay. You know, that's part. And and you know, like when you go, if you, I mean, I don't do any cosplaying, and I know you don't, but like I don't know if you've ever seen like cons will have rules for what you can do and like if you yep. or if you are, you know, a character that carries a gun, your gun has to have like that orange cone at the end of it to signify that it's a toy gun. You can't have obviously a real gun, it can't even really even look like a real gun. If you have like a sword, it has to be you know like in a holster the whole time. I think it's then, called
0: peace tie or something like that. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. So so you know, the cons have dealt with this. Well, going to going to movie theaters in costume, that's like, kind of a new thing. And I think movie theaters are probably a good, you know, like half step behind trying to deal with that because you know a guy walk again. I don't know the full details of it. But we've been watching the news pretty pretty nonstop, but I mean, this guy was dressed in a way that you maybe could confuse for being in costume, and that might not mm. have set off an alarm the way it would in you know, I mean, a couple of years ago. That probably would have jumped out because you know nobody went in costume. But like, I saw footage. Somebody saw some cell, cell phone footage of people streaming out of the theater, uh, running away, and like you saw a guy run out of the theater in a Batman costume, okay. you know, in a full on Batman. And you're just like, wow, this looks, huh? And you know, mm-hmm. you have to remember that's what people do now, you know, and that's something that's kind of new. Um, and I think maybe theaters are going to have to deal with that maybe and try and – because it's going to be hard to, to police people a little if you've got some of them dressed in crazy costumes just to sit and watch a movie.
0: Well, even – you know, all you need is a guy in a trench coat and then you, you have no idea what he's carrying. It's just –
1: Well, right. But this guy was armed to the teeth though with like a bulletproof vest and a gas mask. Oh, I mean, yeah, Okay. Yeah.
0: This, is, this is stuff I've missed. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, gotcha. no, no. Yeah,
1: no. He was not just carrying a gun. He was dressed like – practically like Bane. I and I think that I think that's kind of what the thing was. It was like I think in the dark you probably could have been like, "Oh, he's dressed as Bane," and then then it went all horribly horribly wrong. But you know what I mean? Like it, so mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying is that movie theaters are going to probably going to have to maybe say, "Look, you can't come in costume anymore because we just don't have the staff or the capacity to deal with people in crazy outfits that could be you know dressed in funny ways." Where at Comic Cons they're used to that. They, they're they, yeah. they, they have the staff to deal with it. So,
0: and what a pain in the butt. I mean, just because I mean, again, this one guy who's completely around the bend, and movie theaters push through, you know, nationwide probably tens of thousands of people a day in films. And now they're going to have to go through all this process, and it's it's going to make it uncomfortable for the normal people who are coming in and having to get patted down or you know or whatever. And I don't it's just, know
1: what. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to deal with that ugh, necessarily. So. It's
0: such a such a tragedy. I feel so awful for the families. And
1: yeah, I have anyways. two uh, I have two friends that live in Colorado, and I knew they didn't live in Aurora, but I was just so. But I just better safe than sorry. I emailed them, and I'm like tell me you two were not seeing that movie in Aurora. And luckily, they were like, no, 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 we're nowhere near those. Okay, but that was my first instinct was like, oh, good Lord. So.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's
1: talk about anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about something happy. All right, um, <laughs> we're going to transition. Let's, um, let's talk comic books. I'm going to tell you something I'm reading right now that I'm really digging. I am reading uh, a trade paperback. It is DC Universe Legacies. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this thing And when it came out. It was, I guess, an eight-issue series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and written by Len... Is it Ween or Wine? Or? I'm sure
1: Ween, Len Ween.
0: Okay, Len Ween. That's what I always say too. So good. Uh, written by Len Ween and it, drawn art bleh, art by a ton of different really amazing people um, because it's it, it, like you get each artist does like one or two issues uh, and then they have these backup stories. So you're getting people like um, Andy Kubert, Joe Kubert, Scott Collins, J.G. Jones, J.H. Williams III, Dave Gibbons. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise, be his, praise name. be his name. I said it first. Walt Simonson, George Perez, Keith Giffen, Jerry Ordway, Dan Jerkins, Brian Boland, Frank Quietly, Bill Cabbage. I mean, Gary Frank. I mean, it's amazing. This is an all-star crew. And what appealed to me was, I was, I was really, really missing um, the pre-Flashpoint DC universe, and uh, I was just like, oh, I just, you know, I just kind of miss it. And this is the last really historical retrospect that was done of the pre-Flashpoint universe. And so I was like, you know what? I'll get that. I'll see how that is. Wow. It's so, it's great. Absolutely love it. I finished now, the way they collected it was, um, they do the main story first and then all the backups are in the back, almost like appendixes.
1: That's interesting.
0: So rather than the one backup per issue, they do it that way. So you can read the main story first. And it's a lot of fun, you know. It, you, you read through and it's, uh, it starts off in the 30s. You know, you're dealing with Crimson Avenger, which is right where it should start. You know, because um, it it's the post-crisis pre-Flashpoint. So it's what I like to call the uh, tween, crisis tweener or tween crisis. Because it's uh, between the two. Between, uh, you know, Crisis on Earth and, and Infinite Crisis. but so you get you, know, you get Sandman, you get the Atom, you get the JSA, and then it moves into um, people like Superman showing up. But there's so they, for a moment or two they talk about the Western heroes that were popular. Uh, they talk about you know challenges of the unknown, the Metal Men, uh, all these different eras. You know uh, they deal with the the death of Superman. They deal with Bane. They go on to deal with you know Hal Jordan, and they they just touch on the beginnings of Infinite Crisis. I mean it's just starting at the end of this. And um, it, but your, your your through line is this one gentleman who starts off as a kid in the, in the beginning, and by the end he's an old guy in a in a home in a retirement home, but he's a cop in the middle, and so you're seeing a lot of the stuff from his perspective and his family and what he's going through and his daughter and his wife and all this stuff. It's really enjoyable. Um, it
1: reminded me a lot of Marvels.
0: Yeah, yeah, in a lot what of ways.
1: You know, kind of like the history of the universe through a like through, quote unquote ordinary person.
0: Yeah, so you've read it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got okay. it. I got it at the time.
0: Gotcha. And and you know, it's funny. Like the Uber geek in me can like have little quibbles. You know, I'd be like, no, that that you know the order of this sequence that they've described is not right. You know, uh, this character appeared after this character, and it's like, you know what? At this point, it doesn't matter. Worst you know,
1: con ever.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's who cares if this character X character X appeared before character Y or whatever or. uh... It, you know, the, like, Firestorm appears here with Justice League Detroit, but only because in this one story, he was there with them. You know, it's like, so, but it makes it look like he's part of the team. I mean, little stupid things like that, you know, in my nerd mind, I'm like, well, you know, in issue 42 or this problem, you know, but who cares? You're
1: fastening your glasses with tape, even though you don't right. wear glasses. Right,
0: exactly. As we're talking, it's happening. But um, it, 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 once you step back from a historical perspective, it's like, you know, it doesn't really matter when that was published. It, it may... The way they've put it together here is a perfect way to tell it. So uh, I highly recommend this to anybody. You know, um, Each issue is started with like a three-page thing by Scott Collins. He, he does this painted style.
1: Who I went to q school with.
0: Did you really? I did. Wow. You know cool people. It's a shame it didn't rub off on you. But anyway. Um, aw. Aww. Scott does this great painted style. You know, I'm sure everyone's seen like his art or, you know, maybe like he did the the cool crazy stuff he did with the Solomon Grundy miniseries or his cool work on Flash. But he also does this great painted work. He did it with the, I think it was Omega Flight, I want to say he did the painted style too. But each issue of this starts off with like two or three pages of him doing some painted work of the old guy. Sort of pulling out newspaper clippings and going, this was about this such, you know, kind of gives you a setup for the issue. And, uh, wow. I just I love this right now. I'm reading the backup stories right now, and I just read the one with uh, Spectre and and Doctor Fate by um, I think it was uh, JG Williams did the art if I remember right. Like wow, dude, you know I mean you know I'm loving me some Spectre <laughs> and some and some Doctor Fate. Yeah, JG J. G. Jones. So JG um, Jones, yeah, yeah, gorgeous stuff. So uh, man, he made Enzo look hot. But anyway, <laughs> well, usually she's played out whiny chick, but um. So this whole thing is just awesome. I absolutely love this. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. If you are an old-school reader of of DC and you haven't read this, pick this up. It makes a nice, you know, almost like bookend to the, you know, pre-New 52 universe. Or if you're a new fan of the New 52, this is sort of a nice overview of the pre-New 52 universe. So uh, love it. Absolutely love it
1: it makes me sad when i think about that so that that series because i remember a couple of years ago where dc was announcing all their big projects that were there to celebrate their yep. their 70th and one of them was a new version of who's who
0: absolutely which was
1: of course never happened right so but it's like oh it makes me think it makes me sad every time i think about it
0: <laughs> and it's clearly not going to happen now no. uh, <laughs> well they could do a new 52 version i guess but um i was going to mention a few other things i'm doing um just stuff. I've actually ordered some stuff that I'm really excited about. Uh, I've ordered. Did read Nexus? Steve Rude's Nexus.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You, oh yeah, sure.
0: Love that. Uh, love that stuff. But I haven't read it. in ugh, Too long, you know. And uh, so they they just solicited the Omnibus trade paperback. Uh, nexus Volume One Omnibus in a trade paperback form It's this massive, thick thing. So from Dark Horse, so I'm picking that up. I'm really excited. Um, Starman Omnibus. They're they're. They did this in hardcover at first. Now they're doing them in paperback. This is the Jack Harris ones. I don't know if you've ever read Starman.
1: I never did. Uh, wait. Did I try to I don't think I did.
0: This is James Robinson series. You know, I
1: it's, read some of it. I read some of it, not the okay. whole thing.
0: Dude. Amazing comic. Um,
1: I know everyone said it was really, really good.
0: Oh, my God. It was so good. Now, it, how does it read compared nowadays? It's It doesn't carry the power that it carried back then simply because – there's so many good writers in comics nowadays, and not to say that there weren't good writers back then, but it was just it was very different. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff he did, where Opal City was really a vibrant character in the series, that's that's a little more commonplace now. And but he was one of the first doing this stuff, and it was so good. So I'm, I'm picking up those tra- those omnibus. I'm very excited. I've I've been picking up, and I haven't read them yet, but I've been picking up the Batman No Man's Land trades.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you ever read No Man's Land. No, I didn't. It's uh it's one of the Batman stories that I and I everyone goes through their Batman phase and you and I have talked about it. Mine was <laughs> mine was Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. That was those were that was my Batman era. But I did really dig no man's land. Like even the novelization by Greg Rucka. I dug. So I'm picking up those trades. Uh they got new printings of those. I've got the first two on the shelf, third one's coming out soon. Uh I've ordered Judas the the Judas coin, the Walt Simonson graphic novel. Have you read about this? No. Oh my gosh, dude, this is, this is right up your alley. It, it's the Judas coin. It's one of the coins that, um, Judas received, you know, um, in the famous biblical story. Right. And the coin, it, it, the story follows the coin through history and each is going to, I don't know. It's like something like, I don't know, eight segments. I don't remember. I heard a long word balloon interview with Walt Simonson about it. He's been working on this for a long time. It's like a labor of love. It's like a 96 age graphic novel. Oh wow. And the, there's going to be several stories. I want to say it's something like eight or ten. I don't know. And each story somehow, in some way, touches on the Judas coin during that period of time. Like he's going to do one during the Roman era. He'll do one. You know, there's going to be a Two Face story. You know, and I don't know if Two Face gets his hands on the coin or what. But there'll be, you know, there'll be a future story. And I don't know if it's Legion of Superheroes or who. But so, it, so it's bringing a, a, a DC character. And somehow the Judas coin plays a role in their life or influences something in their life, and it's doing little few segments in time. And he's trying to do different art styles for each one huh. that he's doing himself, though.
1: Wow, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, real cool. Uh, and I've I've been preaching for a long time, but beating this drum: Animal Man, Justice League <laughs> International, Flash, Doctor Who from IDW—all great comics. Y'all, I, if y'all aren't reading them, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, last thing I want to mention is if you i don't. This will go up in. No, I don't know. Oh, well, talk to your local comic shop. There is an opportunity to order some mini comics that will arrive prior to Halloween. And um, what I do at my house is I give out candy, but I also give out these little mini comics to people. So last year, I think we had Smurfs and uh, like an Archie comic and a Buzz Lightyear comic or something like that. So it would give everyone a piece of candy and a mini comic. They're a little like I don't know, ten fifteen page comics. They're a small size, and uh, they're just a great little thing to get kids reading. And I've ordered some for this Halloween. Just ordered them. They come in bundles of twenty for like five bucks for twenty comics, and uh, they make a great giveaway if you if you have trick or treaters in your neighborhood. I. I I feel really good giving comics out to kids because I just feel like I'm getting getting it out there a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that's a cool idea. We don't really get much trick-or-treaters, so I don't have the opportunity to do it. But that, that is a good idea.
0: So, I'm excited about it. So,
1: go. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we had talked earlier before the show, we had talked about um, maybe talking about Justice League. But, yeah. uh, you know, I just don't have the energy to do it. Uh, <laughs> I just fair don't. Up. Fair enough. <laughs> it's just... I, I wrote on the I wrote on the shrine. As much as I love Jeff Johns Aquaman, that's how much kind of I don't like Justice League. So um, I just find it just yeah, it just doesn't work for me. So I,
0: I, I will say this: um, I'm not a fan of the first six issues, but since issue seven, I felt like it's gotten all, um, more interesting to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that's really obvious is there's a there's a dysfunctional. Dynamic amongst the Justice League team. You know, they're really, yep. they're bad. They're not bad people, but they're bad together. Yeah. And apparently, sorry, I know you try and avoid, you know, solicitations and whatnot, but and, and <laughs> in, I, in all manner. <laughs> well, I'm going to do a little bit to you here. Uh, apparently, hovering around, I don't know, the issue 12 or 0, 013, it all comes to a lot of this is going to come to a head. And the person that, I, if I understand right, the person that sort of calls them to the carpet on it on is, their his, behavior is
1: Aquaman. Yes, is Aquaman. I've seen the cover? Okay, of him holding the two of them, and they're Superman and Batman, and they're like in the water, unconscious or something like that.
0: I, and, and I don't know that he really has to beat the crap out of them to make a point. I hope that you know. I hope they have. Yeah, I'd like it if he sp- does, though. Well, okay, but um, so I just I'm I, I'll be interested to see. What comes out of it, and what role vibe? Most importantly, what role vibe will play, and all that.
1: <laughs> that sentence has never been uttered before.
0: <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs>
0: um, one of
1: the, one of the other?
0: Time- let, let, let me tell you uh, yeah. about something I got in the mail, which I think will work going into your next topic here. Um, I got two. Pa- I told you I got two packages in the mail. One from Russell Verbage. This other is this super cool thing I got in the mail uh, from. It's a, the the return address label says Ace Kilroy Parts Unknown.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is
0: my uh, supporter. I don't know what it's called exactly, but I guess my your, supporter. Your
1: Aces Allies membership kit.
0: There it is. Okay. Am I allowed to say what's in it? Is it a Yes, sp- of
1: course. No, it's not, it's not. I
0: got this awesome bookmark. Which I love. It's, Ace is uh, he's up. He's struggling against uh, you know a vampire here, uh, a Nazi vampire, which is how they should all be. The worst. And he's night. holding a wooden stake in his hands, and says, "Make it a point to read <laughs> Ace Kilroy." I love I that.
1: Channeling my uh, inner Forrest Ackerman with that, with that kind of
0: cheesy phrase. <laughs> uh, I got a a coaster, which is awesome because I actually have been using this crappy, um, sorry, uh, Avengers versus X Men coaster. <laughs> That's going to the, That noise you just heard, that was going in the trash. Uh, I'm replacing it with my Ace Kilroy coaster Sweet. right now. Uh, I got this great sticker that even my wife was like, that's really cool. Uh, it's a sticker that says, this area is a monster-free zone, thanks to Ace Kilroy.
1: <laughs> we were contemplating, uh, Dan and I were traveling around the city and just putting them in random places.
0: <laughs> oh, you totally should. You totally should. And I got uh, I got two buttons, Ace's Allies member. And um, Mission Dracula, still at large. And, yes, uh, we're
1: going to put one of those out for every like sort of storyline, like season that we complete. Yeah. We're going to do a button related to whatever character he's going after in that particular season.
0: So so is this button spoiling the ending for people here? A little bit, but I think, uh-huh. you know, I think you okay. can deal with it. And my favorite is the letter I got. Uh, it's, uh, the letterhead says, from the desk of Ace Kilroy, United States, um, what's it say, something core? Yeah, oh, air air and it has a note here. It says "Shag" with one G. See, Ace is classy. It says "Shag," thanks for joining the fight, uh, Ace.
1: He's detail oriented. Yes, I, uh, I yes. Everyone who uh, contributed on to our Kickstarter effort um, got uh, automatically enrolled, and so you get your little prize pack. And then we'll be doing the the print editions very, very soon. And then whoever donated money to get the print editions will be getting them separately. Um, but, yeah, so I think I think at this point I finally mailed out all, like, 67 prize packages, <laughs> which took a while.
0: Um, <laughs> but glad, ever, to know I, glad to know I was at the bottom of the list. Thank you. Yes. Um.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, see, it's a good thing and you're making a bet. Um, see, yeah, like you did about my trip to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. Um, <laughs> but, anyway, yes, I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, everybody – you know, it's funny. I have a bunch of friends who I could give – the prize package to personally, and they're always like, oh, just give it to me, you don't have to mail it. And then I mail it, and then they're always like, oh, thank God you mailed it, because it's fun getting something in the mail like that, because when you become an adult, you don't, yeah. get, you don't get stuff in the mail anymore that's not bills, Yeah. So or circulars that you don't want, or, you know, whatever. So people really seem to enjoy getting something in the mail that's fun and just for them, and so it really adds that kind of extra level of, like, little Orphan Annie decoder ring kind of thing to it, <laughs> so...
0: I, I always think of the Star Wars fan club membership that came with uh, the,
1: the member, the Kenner action figure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, my brother's he got, and I don't know, he, he got a C three PO necklace.
1: <laughs> wow, oh, I remember those. I had them so yeah. bad for those. Yeah, uh, but yes, yes, I'm glad you enjoyed it. They're they're a lot of fun, and yeah, related to what Chad was just talking about, um, we're currently running a fundraiser um, for the troops, as they say, because I we uh, Dan and I have a mutual friend named Terry Mahoney, and Terry is an ex Marine. And um, I mentioned once to Terry that we were doing Ace Kilroy fridge magnets. And Terry said to me, if you really go and do them, um, I want to buy several hundred of them because the troops overseas need fridge magnets. Oh, wow. I was like, really? They do? And he explained to me that he has some friends that are in a unit in Afghanistan, currently serving in Afghanistan. And they are in, like, really a deep, deep part of Afghanistan. They are far away from everything. And in their little makeshift base that they've got, they have, like, regular amenities, you know, the food and all the other normal stuff, but they don't have fridge magnets. And they need them because the walls apparently are all metal in there, and and they are generating all kinds of paperwork, and they need to keep track of – and the way these guys keep track of their paperwork is they pin stuff to walls, but they don't have fridge magnets. And it was kind of like a weird thing, but they really do need the fridge magnets. So we, Dan and I made up a custom magnet, which features custom artwork that's only for this magnet. And it's Ace, who is, of course, a veteran, saluting the troops as he's fighting off a monster. Um, and so we put that together, and it's a, like a, a two-inch diameter magnet. And we're having a thing where if you go to the Ace Kilroy blog, which is acekilroy.blogspot.com, um, you can, for $1 you can send a magnet overseas to the troops. And um, each each successive magnet you buy after that is only a dollar. And if you buy five magnets, you send five magnets to the troops overseas, you get one yourself for free. Mm. So if you buy five, you get a 6 one for free. And this is, like, for people that want to like, collect this stuff, this is the only way we're ever going to give the magnets out is through this thing. Um, and I do want to give a shout-out to uh, foam, uh, foam member and Fire and & Water podcast... Fan, uh, I guess we should call him call him a nuclear sub. That's oh, you, you spoiled it! Spoiled oh it. well, I spoiled it. Uh, Corey Hodgden, who bought a bunch of magnets, and had one of his friends buy some magnets too. So thank you, Corey. For, great. for doing that. Yes, and and every time I've been mentioning it on Facebook, like he he takes the the, the, the post I wrote and then shares it on his page. So he's really oh, okay. yeah he's really done a, a great job. So um and that the, the fundraiser is going to end on. Monday, July thirtieth. So it's like about you know like ten days before then. So if you want to uh, help troops with this kind of strange but still definite uh, important need, please visit the blog and and, uh, and donate to, to the uh, magnus to the troops.
0: That's a really cool, very worthwhile cause. And who would have thought? You know? I,
1: exactly. Yeah. I mean, had I you know never would have thought that it was only because Terry's a marine and Terry knows this stuff and you know so he, he said yeah. It's hard to believe, but that's that's really is a, a need for those guys over there. So we thought, cool. why not? It's You know, it's, it's sort of killing two birds with one stone. We're doing something good, and we're getting an Ace out there, and you know, uh, and, and Ace would definitely be uh, somebody who would want to help uh, his uh, fellow veterans.
0: And where would where would they find that the, on the web to 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 help donate?
1: Oh, it's as I it said, it's com.
0: Okay. Yes. Perfect. So, All right. It. There you go. Very cool. Well, uh, I think that's a great cause, and. uh just a cruel idea of Ace fighting a monster and saluting the truth. Yes. <laughs> so, awesome. All right, folks. Well, um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to tackle some listener feedback.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, in the meantime, enjoy these uh, PSAs from the Super Friends. I think uh, you'll probably learn a little something. So, we'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in about 60 seconds. <laughs> Wow, that was quite a workout. I could use a snack. You are getting to be an expert at karate. Now it is time to become an expert at choosing snacks. Fresh fruit is an energy snack that tastes good. It has a lot of important nutrients and vitamins
0: that your body needs to stay in good shape.
1: This is really good.
0: And it is good for you.
1: I got a headache. I
0: better go home
1: and take some medicine for it. Oh? Sure, I got a lot of stuff in the medicine cabinet.
0: Taking pills is dangerous if you don't know what you're doing.
1: Dangerous?
0: The wrong pill or too many pills can make you sick. Remember, kids shouldn't take any medicine unless it's given to them by a doctor or their parents.
1: I remember Superman.
0: All right, folks. We're back from break, and now it's time for listeners' feedback! So we are looking at feedback from episode 23, which was uh, where we did our reviews of F- Firestorm number 10 and Aquaman number 10, and uh, right out of the gate, of course, we've got our uh, one of our long-time commenters, Diablo Frank.
1: He's usually the first one in the shoot. Uh, he, mu- he must just sit at home and not do anything, because he seems to listen to these shows about five minutes after they're... Uh... <laughs> <are uploaded>. so, <laughs> I mean, why do I picture Frank's house as like one of those hoarder houses when it's all like comics and toys and stuff and Martian Manhunter things? <laughs> oh,
0: worry. my gosh. <laughs> you know we're getting mail on that I, one.
1: Uh, it's almost like I'm asking for it. Um, <laughs> Frank, Frank, as usual, has a whole bunch of points, a couple of things we just wanted to hit. He asked, uh, just to get my little plug out of the way, when is Ace Coy cool getting published in trade paperback? I'm waiting for the trade. I hear it's award nominated. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. And very soon. We, we will be coming out with it i i I will be seeing some proofs of the of the print edition very shortly and we will let you know so thank you for that uh thank you for that um what else what what other points we want to oh he mentioned uh i think arthur jr was handled well with a degree of finality in blackest night after hanging over Aquaman's head for decades we've done that and we can move on now which i agree with i think that's uh i think that's a good way of putting it it's it was it was good when it was done, but now, you know, there's a chance to start over and do something different.
0: Absolutely right. Absolutely fair. But the uber geek in me who's with the tape on the glasses is just like, oh, I am you know, as horrible as that was, it just, it, it was so defining, but you know what? Fair enough. You're right. It's been done. It's time for something new. So that's, I, I have to learn to let go. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: I wanted to mention (laughs) We had talked about how Frank puts together uh, a lot of blog crossovers because Rob and I, you know, with Aquaman Shrine and Firestorm Fan, we team up with several other Justice League-related bloggers, and we do these fun crossovers every so often. And we were complimenting Frank on the ones he put together, and Frank put his own quote sort of like I guess he translated what we were saying – he said, "I love doing these diablo Frank Frank crossovers so long as they 're the simplistic kind, as opposed to the laborious, intricate construction and immediate massive casualty inducing catastrophic titanic kind <laughs> <laughs> and what he 's referring to is uh, some crossovers have been you know a lot more um, massive in scope than others, but I just want to say for the record all of frank's crossovers are fun, all of them are great." And uh, even the ones that have, you know, the one that's particular that was more complex was a blast, and was probably one of the most creative crossover we've ever done. So,
1: yeah, that 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 one crossover that he think was actually more complicated than the crisis.
0: Ah, <laughs> it was, it, folks, it was super cool. It's actually it's called DC Challenge, and everyone came up with cool ways to do challenges of each other. Um, like I did a crossword puzzle. Um, other people had like you had to figure out clues and it would lead you to other blogs. It was so cool. So.
1: Oh yeah, it, the amount of work he put into it was pretty staggering.
0: Oh my gosh, it was massive. So anyway, it was not. Uh, you know what? Quit whining, Frank. We're giving you a compliment. You know what? Just 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 take it like a man. All <laughs>
1: Ooh, right, boy. Um. <laughs> He also mentions, uh, I appreciate the consistent DC Bloodlines love, and please do give a shout out to my regular co contributor, Anj, who's been rocking the Gonzo 70s fantasy titles for a while now. <laughs> He's the man to see about your unhealthy Beowulf, Stalker, Starfire, Call the Unconquered thoughts ahead of the debut of Sword <laughs> of Sorcery. <laughs>
0: So there you go, folks. Be sure to check out dcbloodlines.blogspot.com. Uh,
1: yeah, and one other point he had to make, uh, point 14. Okay, I'm a, I'm in the mob. It made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. It made me laugh too, even though I said it. So.
0: <laughs> uh, I still think we're going to get hate mail on that. But anyway, uh, over on Firestorm fan, our friend uh, Martin Stein, RIP, who's also known as Robert Gross, You got a little sneak preview in the first half of the show. He, folks, he did it. He came up with the best name we've heard so far, so Rob and I have decided to make it official for fans of the Fire and Water Podcast. You have a name now. Uh, We've long established that people that like Firestorm are called Matchheads, and people that like Aquaman are called Waterlogs. We have never established that. (laughs) Anyway, for people that like the Fire and Water Podcast, you are Nuclear Subs. (laughs) Yay! 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 And, of course, it's a word I can't pronounce. That was what that dramatic pause before it was for, for me to make sure I could say it right. I almost think Robert did that on purpose. Could be. Nuclear subs. I mean, it's brilliant. It's perfect. You get the Firestorm. You get the Aquaman. You get the, the, you know, weapon of mass destruction. You get get everything in there.
1: Vaguely threatening.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, there it is, folks. You uh, You now know who you are. So, who knew that you were on this crazy journey to discover yourself? Anyway, um... One of the things Robert had to say here was he said, I thought Shag had an excellent point, which, by the way, is a great way to start any comment and ensure you get read on the show. Uh, I thought Shag had an excellent point about the Firestorm series needing to establish what, quote-unquote, normal is. Uh, perfect summary. A status quo has been missing so far because the book is about the journey. That's been fine, but at the 10-issue mark, indeed, it does seem time for us to figure out what the normal for is for Ronnie and Jason. And I think that's where we're heading, uh, this is me now. I think that's where we're heading, folks. With the, with the issue 0 and then issue 13, I, you know, it, I, my gut instinct is that we're looking at what the journey concludes and what the status quo is going to be after that. So I think that's what we're going to see. He also has some good talk here about Mikhail Arkadin and uh, about the possibility that Mikhail may actually be Ashra Khan. We don't know. Uh, pretty. I, I'm dying to find out what's going on with Ashra Khan and um, Mikhail Arkadin, so can't wait to find out. Lee Novak uh, said some similar things about the journey, um, but I love the way he put it. Um, I can appreciate that if I tell my 11-year-old, we're going to Disneyland, he'd be ecstatic. If I coop him up in a Chevy for 10 days to drive him there, he's going to lose a lot of that excitement during the journey. (laughs) So, you know, it's... He makes a good point, so I, I get where he's coming from. But, uh, again, I think we're coming up to a big conclusion here. He's got a lot of questions he still wants answers on, like, where's Killer Frost? We saw her. Where's Tanya or Cliff? Uh, why did Jason have the protocol in the first place? What happened to Stein? Who controls Fury? What's Zither really want? So there's a lot of questions there that he's really hoping we get answers to, and so do I, because I'm, I'm dying to know. And uh, he does mention here that Prisoner of War needs his own book, or at least a miniseries. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: I sense a a groundswell building.
0: Dude, it's so good. Uh, (laughs) Well put. (laughs) It it is. It's so good. That's the quote that's going on the cover. It's going to say, it's so good at Chag Matthews' uh, Fire and Water Podcast. Um, Luke, uh, check and nitty- had a comment here. I guess you really got a kick out of your line in the last episode where you said, boom, all of a sudden you had Conan.
1: <laughs> I didn't even realize I said it until Lou pointed it out.
0: Yeah. He said so he cracked him up. It's like a magic spell to summon Conan or something. I guess it's like being in the bathroom in the mirror and saying Candyman three times.
1: If you say Big John Buscema three times in a row, you get Conan.
0: Poof. <laughs> boom. Uh, we also got a, a nice comment from Keith Samra, our buddy uh, Kal-El, Kal- Kal- right, down in New Zealand. So, I uh, want to run through the Twitter folks real quick. You guys came out in force. Uh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate the retweets and the, uh, the posts you guys do yourself on Twitter. It really helps spread the word. And you know, we're, Rob and I, we're just horrors for social media. We love it. So, uh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We got retweets once again from Joe Harris and Gilderay Sanar, writer and artist of Firestorm. So, that was very exciting to see that. Thank you for that, gentlemen. Then I'm going to run through the group here real quick. Uh, Hector Negrete, who's at, at Bauhaus 45. Thank you very much. La Sueve del Nerd, which translates to Nerd Cave. They're at Sueve del Nerd. Uh, Raul Cato, verified. And that's going to be important, folks. Okay. He is verified uh, at Ma- Mass Fuego. Uh, Luke Dobb, the world's most dangerously or dastardly creative men at Dab Creative. Dob, sorry, Dob. Creative, uh, Alan Middleton, Professor Allen, Keith G. Baker at KGBUNC, Bill Beer at Gotham Night Thirteen, FKA Podcast, which is just FKA Podcast, Dom Ghost Hunter at uh, Daum Ghost Hunter. You, you think they'd smell, spell those two the same? <laughs> uh, Randy Caldwell, who's Mister Perturbed, Luke Jackanetty at LJ Del Jacome, Andy Capellish at Capellish. Manjit Dangel at Manjit D. Ben Avery, Whispering Loon. I love that. Uh, Tower of Fate. Which is Tower of Fate? J Nicol... N- ah! Nicolosi?
1: Something like you that.
0: Know, you know, he and I have been writing back to each other, back and forth to each other on Twitter for, I don't know, a couple of years now. And I've never actually tried to say his last name out loud. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't realize it was so complicated. Uh, he goes by The Flash Reborn. The Bat Pod Podcast. Uh, at the same... Uh, and then Joe Slab, J Slab425. Yes, it's, uh, well,
1: I was going to make another alcoholic joke, but I'll just give up on this.
0: I was trying to find one in there, and I was uh, like, you know. I cut him a I, break. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he's off the bottle, at least till tonight. But anyway, um, over on Facebook, we got some support from a number of people, including Marlo Al- Alquiza, inker on Fury Firestore number 10. Thank you cool. so much. And uh, nice guy. He and I shot a message or two back to back and forth on Facebook. Super nice guy. So uh, over on Facebook, thank you to Andrew Capelish, Lee Novak, Corey Hodgson, Joe Thoms, Daniel Cynical Adams, uh, Giancarlo Nurco, Manjit dangel and Bill Seckman. Thank you very much, everyone. We really appreciate that. Over on Google Plus, and I, you know, we all know it. Rob hates it. So the more you can promote Google Plus, folks, the more it will. Burn and Rob's, um, you know, backside. So, uh-huh. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I keep forgetting you want to keep it a clean show. Uh, so, thank you to Keith G. Baker, Comic Book and Movie Reviews, Andrew Capellich and Luke Giaconetti. Andrew is everywhere, and so is Luke Giaconetti. I mean, they are, like, all up in the social media. I tell you, those guys, they're busy. Uh, and then, busting into the emails real quick, um... There's a lot of good stuff here in the emails, but I have to say the thing that made me laugh the loudest, uh, we got an email from my buddy Roy Cleary, who's Charlemagne, uh, and he he starts it with – it's a comment – reflecting on a total screw up on my part in the last podcast. So he wrote dear Frank and Emma. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Cause I kept calling Rob Frank and he pointed out that uh, he wants to do a podcast with Emma stone. So there you have it. Uh, very clever. You guys take our little in jokes or flubs and make them brilliant. So, uh, thank you so much. And Roy's over there. He's doing a podcast, uh, called the FKA podcast. You ought to check that out. It's in the uh, f- podcast formerly known as, so good stuff. Uh, we did get an email for Rol, from Ralkado. Now, here's where the problem comes in. Yeah. <laughs> this is from Ralkado, not Ralkado Verified. Verified,
1: right, exactly.
0: So this is well, fake Ralkado. Hey, here's, where, here's where I'm struggling, because he made a GIF and sent it to us. It's an animated GIF. It's flashing back and forth between the Firestorm symbol and the Aquaman symbol. And um, and now, the strange thing is, we got this from Ralcotto unverified. But Raul Caracato, verified, is actually using that as his Twitter icon now. So. I know. It's
1: very complicated.
0: I think they know each other. I'm just saying. Thank you for that, by the way. It's really cool. And just to mess with you, I am literally going to change my Twitter icon. And I'm really not doing that just to mess with you. I was planning on doing it anyway. So just trying to keep you on your toes, Raw. Whichever one Whichever one of you is listening. I
1: thought you said you were going to change your name to The Irredeemable Shag Verified or something like that. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Oh, great.
0: man. I can't use it now. Oh, oh,
1: oh well. <laughs> um, we got an email from Jack Dower to two of my favorite podcasters, Shag and Rob. Thank you. I have a confession to make. I am the one who buys all 72 bat titles. <laughs> <laughs> In my defense, I at least buy both Firestorm and Aquaman. I also intend to buy The Blue Devil and Phantom Stranger books, too. I <sharp> hope that at least I can help redeem you for squelching DC's creativity. I like how he put
0: squelching and creativity in capital letters. Yeah,
1: it's an actual <laughs> thing. Um, as to my suggestion, I am a huge Penguin fan. I guess you guys might consider sort of that a confession <laughs> also. <laughs> anyway, Penguin just got an incredible miniseries deepening and almost redefining the character. Rob has told us, and I agree, the Black Manor revamp has been amazing. Do you guys have any other suggestions on Firestorm or Aquaman villains to get a new 52 makeover? Um, and then he writes in, P.S. Slipknot and Scavenger don't count. <laughs> After all, you can't mess with perfection. <laughs> and then PPS Rob, the Dracula story it was great. Who's Ace's next bad guy? Working backwards, I'm going to say, uh, Jack, you just have to read the strip, season two, which starts on August 6th. And you'll find out then. Um, Slipknot and Scavenger, uh, yeah, I would argue they're per- they're perfect. So why yeah. try and change them. Um, if I had to pick one, uh, I mean, I guess. We're he, just doing one? Uh-huh. Well, he doesn't. Ha- doesn't have that many great villains. He really doesn't. Um, I mean, I really want to see all the... I mean, I want to see Ocean Master brought back and the Fisherman. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard. He just... You know, part of the problem with the character, he doesn't have a whole lot of great... Uh, uh, ro- a lot of members of his rogues gallery. Um, he did... I don't,
0: I, I don't know that the Fisherman is salvageable. I'm sorry.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there's also the Marine Marauder, who... And uh, and I like. You know who I'd like to see bring back? Starro.
0: What about the human flying fish?
1: Yeah. No, like I said, um, I'd love to see them bring back Starro. Now, is typically a JLA villain, but he did fight Aquaman all by himself in an issue of Adventure Comics. So I'd like to see come back.
0: Didn't we see Starro in a panel of the JLA comic? Yes, I think we did. So he's he's canon now. He's in
1: there somewhere, yeah. So I would love to see that. I would like to see Starro come back and fight Aquaman. I think that'd be cool.
0: I actually have a couple of Firestorm ones I was going to name. And it's – I think Firestorm has a great rogues gallery. I think Firestorm's rogues gallery is uh, the – if you look at the great rogues galleries ever, you know, Batman has a great rogues gallery. Flash has a great rogues gallery. I think, um, you know, Dick Tracy has a great rogues gallery. Firestorm – you know, Spider-Man has a great rogues gallery. Firestorm has a rogues gallery that I think – personally, I'm a little biased, but it's a great group of villains. They just never got the attention. They never caught on fire. You know? And I think that it's unfair to certain characters that really should have. Um, so, the char- some of the characters I think would really be served well in a revamp, rather than just bringing back the same. Because, like, Killer Frost, I don't know how much change she really needs. Um, I think she could work well as she existed previously. But I would say something like Multiplex... Needs a new Fifty Two refresh, absolutely. And uh, I think he's you know a guy who can split into multiple beings. There's nothing wrong with that. It's still a, a very workable premise and can make for a very interesting character. So I think Multiplex would be an interesting one. Um, the one that everyone's going to think I'm kidding about, but I'm not, is Bug and Bite. They were they were not. They're visually very cool, and, uh, but they weren't the most memorable bad guys. Um, but they appeared a few times. And it was you know it's very 80s bug and bite. I
1: mean, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, what, but, you know, who they, Who else? Who, who, what other villain was he? Floppy disk. I mean, who else?
0: Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Three point five. Look <laughs> out. Um, but I would say you know if you revamp Bug and Bite and make it like I don't know Megabyte and Malware or something like that. <laughs> you know, I think there's I think there's a way to revamp it. I mean, because computers are even more commonplace now than they were back then. You know, now admittedly, the name "megabyte malware" would be very dated. You know, ten years from now, too, uh, or almost are probably already. But um,
1: I think you should copyright that. <laughs> uh,
0: but I think they—they, they, you know, computer-based villains would be. Yeah, a cool thing, so especially a duo. I love duo villain teams. That you know when their names are clever like that, I think it works great. So. <laughs> um, and the last one I was going to mention, I mean, there's a million I could talk about here. Like Typhoon, for example. I don't think Typhoon needs a remake. I think he just needs to be brought back. Stuff like that. That's great. But one, I think the other person, I think it needs a remake, and it would benefit from. Um, uh, and I lost my place. Holy crap! Oh, it would be uh, Black Bison.
1: Okay, I can see that.
0: He's a cool concept. You know, a Native American who's got you know sort of magic powers, and there's a possession, and, and taking back what's theirs—all that concept's good. But as he exists right now, it, it, I don't think it works anymore. So I think he needs a new Fifty Two revamp, but would be a great villain. So tragic villain, you know, really. Hmm. So right. those are my answers. Okay. Notice I did not say Zuggernaut.
1: That sentence has never been all other before as well.
0: <laughs> Zuggernaut is, uh, in my pantheon of villains, you know, when I'm not picking on Slipknot, <laughs> Zuggernaut's right in line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, we did get another iTunes review from Ben Avery. Thank you very much, Ben. I really appreciate that. The iTunes reviews are really, really helpful. And he gave us a great review. It ends with, if you're a child of the 70s or 80s, more than likely you'll enjoy this podcast. Well, thank you very much, Ben. It was great. And said so the iTunes reviews help us you know, get us more noticed on, on the feed. So that that is great. So thank you, Ben. We appreciate that.
0: Uh, yeah, we actually, as I read it, I was like, I can't read this on the air. I
1: know. It's, it's, it's very self complimentary. It's like a Marvel bullpen bulletins of the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so awesome. You guys are so great. Okay, thanks.
0: <laughs> it's, it's incredibly complimentary. That's why I realized I couldn't read it on the show. So, uh, And finally, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah,
1: the only way we could end.
0: We wow! We have got a big <laughs> one here, folks. You know, we we've done this a few times now. Uh, we have given out the Steam Award, which is the, the penultimate of you know listener feedback uh, from when the nuclear sub when a oh, I said it wrong didn't I nuclear nuclear when a nuclear sub goes above and beyond, they earn themselves a Steam Award, which is you know fire and water together, and, and the Steam Award is a high honor and is just as tangible as steam itself. So, this award, this time goes to folks, Lee Novak. Uh, I'll start, I'll read off some of his letter here. Those of you who listened to the last episode, by the way, may recall that there was some discussion about uh, a song called Call Me Maybe. <sighs> Rob threw out a little joke, just, it was supposed to be just a one-off joke thing, and I didn't get it. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's Call Me Maybe? And Rob lost his mind that I didn't know what Call Me Maybe was, and... I as you as you may have read, uh, if you read our sites, the feedback we got from a lot of listeners is they didn't know what Call Me Maybe was either. There's a surprising amount of people who don't know. And I have a story for you, Rob. Uh, while I was on my vacation, I was at a bar with a couple of friends, and I asked them. I said, have you guys heard of this Call Me Maybe? They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they're normal people. They're not like us. And um, so I actually said, okay, well, let's ask the bartender. I said, hey, Mr. Bartender. Have you heard of <laughs> Call Me Maybe,
1: Mr. Bartender? Right, that was his name.
0: It actually said. And anyway, uh, I said, "Have you heard of Call Me Maybe?" And him and the other bartender burst out laughing. They got out their cell phones and played a pre-recorded thing they had done of them singing See? "Call Me Maybe." Look at that. So clearly, it's a thing. It's a huge, it's huge thing. And but it's somehow that piece of pop culture has just passed me by and I don't know that I'm upset about that. So, Lee Novak wrote, I just listened to episode 23 and again, keep up the great work. I had to chime in and say that I couldn't decide if I should feel sorry for Shag, since apparently he doesn't have much contact with the outside world if he doesn't know know about Call Me Maybe, or if I should be insanely jealous of him that he has not yet been subjected to the god-awful Geneva Convention-defying torture (laughs) that is Call Me Maybe. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and he goes on a little further about this. But then he provides us with the lyrics. To <laughs> the whole song, uh, in, yes. The entire song of Call Me Maybe. So now I, I have them here in, in I, I don't know if you really say black and white, but pixel and white, um, of Call Me Maybe. And Rob, what did he follow it up with? He wrote,
1: <laughs> Lee decided to write his own version of Call Me Maybe, but Aquaman and Firestorm centric. No specific
0: to this podcast
1: Specific to this podcast Yeah so now now I'm not going to sing The whole song I'm not going to In fact sing it all I'm just going to read it But I am going to read Some of the lyrics Because it's simply Too good to pass up So um, if you can You know You guys can pause For a moment Just think Get the tune in your head Which once it's in there It does not leave um, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a small world now. Yeah, way. it's 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 like a bad house cast. It just doesn't go. Um but anyways I was never really a fan of this guy, Aquaman. I never gave him a chance until now until I found this show. Never collected his books or gave him a second look. But now I think I'm booked because I heard the show. I did some looking online at Rob's Aquaman Shrine. Wow, the mirror <laughs> sure is fine. I guess it's ride the ride the wave time. Hey, awesome. hey there's these two guys they're entertaining and here's their podcast download it maybe <laughs> I can't even, it's hard to get through a boring work day without fire and water download it maybe and then uh, repeat the chorus 76 times uh, yeah. so. then
0: he go, he goes into uh, I hit the net with a plan to search for nuclear man <laughs> it brought up firestorm fan and then I found this show. A place for fellow match heads to discuss comics we've read and cry that Martin Stein's dead. (laughs) It's all part of this show. (laughs) Two guys merge into the same. Firehawk sure is a hot dame. Although Slipknot is kind of lame, it's still cool to fan the flame. And, I mean, it's brilliant, guys. It really is, it is. And I I went ahead I made a sacrifice for you, uh, nuclear subs. It's really hard to say that. It really is. I love uh, it. For I love Nuclear it. subs. I made a sacrifice, and I went ahead and went to YouTube today, and I listened to Call Me Maybe for the very first time, and what I did was I sat here with Lee's lyrics <laughs> and said them in my head as I listened to the song, and do
1: they match up perfectly? Oh, they do. He's got the cadence, everything, yeah. This is the, the amount of syllable. you know, the amount of syllables. Oh, yeah.
0: Tell you what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and um, post these lyrics, not the original version, but the, these lyrics on uh, Firestorm Fan. When uh, when this episode goes up, we always do a post on our site saying, hey, the new episode's up. I'll go ahead on my post, so it'll be Monday, July 23rd. Yes. There'll be a post with uh, Lee's version of these lyrics. So go check them out. And uh, if any of our dastardly creative listeners who also sing feel compelled to do this to, you know, maybe a um, karaoke version or or any of our dastardly creative or cynical listeners, let's put it that way, who are able to sing, want to put it to a karaoke version, I'd be happy to play it during one of our breaks at an upcoming show. Oh,
1: Lord. Oh, wow. Um, And anyway, Lee ended the email with, (laughs) Lee, we just got to move on from that. Lee ends it with, so uh, thanks for reading the most embarrassing email I've ever written. In case you couldn't tell, our accounting software was down all day, and for an accountant, that leads to a lot of free time during the day. Take care, Lee.
0: <laughs> awesome. Absolutely phenomenal. and you know, <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to say at that point. No, we just right have there. to stop
1: the show, really.
0: Yep, we got to end the show with that, folks. There's nothing can stop that. No. So, folks, uh, be sure to head out to FirestormFan.com uh, and AquamanShrine.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at the same. You can find FirestormFan at Google+. Um, Rob... What's the uh, email address?
1: Firewaterpodcast at comcast.net.
0: Awesome. Uh, Folks, it's been a blast. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Rob, anything, uh, closing statements?
1: I don't think so. Anything other than fan of Flamin' Ride the Wave.
0: There it is. Night, folks. Bye. (laughs) and torch their hair stand for truth and justice and see on land in air. Firestorm and Aquaman they make a super pair Aquaman and Firestorm super friends forever yeah I would demand justice at that point <laughs> what is life? <laughs> yeah I want that shark to die oh you would want like aqua justice yeah aquatic justice <laughs> <laughs> but is that truly aquatic justice wouldn't aquaman be like aquatic justice is you enter the yeah. water you enter the food this chain is your, yeah yeah like i'm sorry if you get eaten that's that's on you